Well, hello and welcome to the Thrive Women's Podcast. We're so glad you found us. This is episode two. Woohoo! Yeah, that's a woohoo of this brand new <laughs> podcast that we are excited to launch and keep working through. And you know, honestly, we had an exciting plan for how we were going to record. That's right. But I don't know about you guys, life looks a little different right now. And for um, Lisa and I, we're working from home because of the coronavirus crisis that our world is walking through. So scary days for sure. But um, yes, we are also learning a lot about what it means to work from home. Right, right. Lisa, how's your week been? Oh my goodness, it's social distancing to digital distancing, but so grateful that we have technology right now to help us stay connected. I am working from a home with six working people, my husband and four kids, two are in school and two are working. So I'm in the laundry room hiding out right now, taking this (laughs) podcast call. I mean, that takes multitasking to a new level. That's right. Yeah, I'm folding, doing laundry, getting it all done while on a podcast right now. That's awesome. Well, we are learning a lot, you guys. We learned how to plug microphones in today, but it doesn't stop us from wanting to get these episodes out to you. So Lisa, who do we have today? We're so excited. Jada Edwards was one of our speakers at our Thrive Women's Conference, and she just shared so perfectly what life looks like, kind of in the imbalance of things. And I just love what she shared and thought, there's probably no greater season than I can remember when all of us are, you know, trying to figure out new rhythms and what does balance look like when all of a sudden, you know, you're working full-time and also you're a full-time teacher if you're homeschooling your kids, just adjusting to a lot of the changes. And so we just want to encourage you and just give you some real practical ways of thinking about your world and, um, you know, what's going on today that I think will be really helpful in this season. She's amazing. Absolutely love her. Yeah, it was a great conversation. We're excited for you guys to hear it. So let's dive in. Well, hello, everyone. Today, we have a treat for you. We have Jada Edwards with us today, which is so exciting. Glad to be here. So glad you're here, Jada. Thank you for having me. So Jada, tell us a little bit about yourself. For those that maybe don't know you, haven't heard about you, Um, you're an author, a pastor. Tell us what life is like for you. Life is like for me. Very dull, very boring, (laughs) lots of free time. I, I am a wife. And let's see, next year will be 20 years, so the anniversary is coming up. So, yeah. <laughs> write that down. I'm the man when it comes to dates. So, our, <laughs> our anniversary is coming up. And I'm a mom to a six-year-old, three-year-old. Uh, we were married a really long time before the kids came along. So, it's worked well for us. We still like each other a lot. And so, and we founded a church, planted a church in 2007-ish, eight. Had our, la- our launch there. So, we we're coming up on 12 years wow. of church life. and. Wow. So between wife and mom and church and teaching and writing and all that, yeah, lots Very of free time. Life Just like lay on my said. back and yeah. look at cloud shapes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that kind of segues into our next question as you're laying in bed looking at cloud shapes. <laughs> what might your guilty pleasure be as a way to kind of unwind oh. or release some of the busyness? Uh, I'm kind of, uh, well, I have three things. I'm a music junkie, so I can like put on music and I wear my big over ear beats 
around the house. Nice. So everyone knows, oh, my. That's the signal. That's the signal. Do not talk to her. And, and then when they say things, I'm like, hmm, I, I'm yeah. sorry, what? Right. So, <laughs> so I wear those when I just need to get away. A song can transport me. I love music. Um, I love uh, travel. So when I am not actually traveling, I look at travel things. Mm-hmm. I am totally, and, and my husband thinks I'm crazy. I will be apartment hunting in Paris. And I'm like, if we ever move, I already know where we're going. <laughs> I've looked at real estate and he'll be like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's the 15th arrendisement is where we're going to be. And I totally, I will like pick a city and be like, what if I was going to live there? And I'll oh, like look I up apartments it. and real estate. It's just like a little oh, that's transporting thing, looking yeah. at pictures. Um, and then I do I work out. So that's my other guilty pleasure. I want to say yoga, but people get so weird about yoga. So it's not, we're not chanting and hitting stuff. You know, it's just (laughs) resistance training. I like that kind of slow, course. course, Yeah, yeah, that type of uh, working out, which I really, is quiet. I did it this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Can do my stretches and be like, It sounds like you probably don't feel guilty about any of those pleasures. They're actually just part of how you relax. I feel guilty sometimes when I have the beats on and I'm not actually listening to music. I feel guilty. Oh I gosh. don't have any music on, and they'll be like, "Oh, mommy's listening." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sorry." Go yeah. ask your father. No, I can hear everything. Go ask your father. Yeah, <laughs> selective listening. Anymore. That's right. So I'll be well. cooking with my beats on. <laughs> so. That is awesome. Well, kind of along that line, like you said, your life is full, mm-hmm. not a boring life. How do you find balance in your busy life? How do you find time to connect and grow in the midst of pouring so much into others and mm. your ministry? And yeah, I um, well, I think I find freedom in not finding balance. I find freedom in just being okay with knowing that um, God presses in to different moments and seasons of your life kind of constantly. There's moments where he's saying no, say no to that thing and yes to the family thing. And there's other moments where he's saying the family's fine. You have to go do this thing. And so, you know, I try to tell people a lot of times they will use excuses, I think, you know, of personal priorities Um, and I'm like your personal priorities are not bigger than God's calling so if he's called you to it okay maybe there's a village maybe there's people that can help you like I have tons of people in my life that help us with family and home and travel because God he hasn't asked me to say no to something so I don't just get to decide that I'm going to go to every single soccer scrimmage and practice that my kid okay are they going to be traumatized that I missed too, but I came to the games, you know? So it's kind of this constant ebb and flow that has probably given me the most peace. I think balance is just really dangerous because I think it's the death of passion when Mm -hmm. you just do a little bit of everything in some even kind of way. And so I'd rather just go hard when God says go hard. And when he says, okay, over here, I'm like, okay, cool. You got these other things. And that's what we do. It's an ebb and flow. Balance is the death of passion. I like that. You just kind of like, okay, yeah. I did a little bit of everything, but nothing was great. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> true. Really, I know. I've heard people say like, oh, I felt a mile wide and an inch deep. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. I would rather have laundry. Like right now, I have laundry in my room. Laundry in my laundry room. Um, it's piled up, but you know what? It's a lot of clean clothes in the dryer. Mm-hmm. So I would love to have them folded and put up, but I'm like, I could skip those couple of hours, prepare so I can come to thrive. And right. that can be great versus my own personal preference of having the laundry put up and not feeling great about what I want to say. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's kind of like, it's okay. Your family Good. will still be together. Yeah. Y'all have clean clothes. Go in the dryer. <laughs> Go get your, check the dryer. your whole closet's in the dryer. That's clean, right. ready. <laughs> One of the things you said that just kind of caught my attention was that personal priorities are not more important than God's calling. 
And it just makes me realize is that you have to be listening to God to understand what that is. Mm-hmm. So I would be curious to know, how do you hear those priorities from God? How do you hear that God is saying yes to this, no to that? Because mm-hmm. I think for a lot of women listening, myself included, sometimes we're pursuing things because we we're just being obedient, but we haven't necessarily heard God's voice in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't have the perfect answer because I, I mess up all the time. But prayer for me is always been critical. But I would say most re- in the last even week has become more critical. We had an experience. My husband and I traveled abroad and just had an encounter with a couple of pastors who are seasoned and been in ministry and they're doing crazy, ridiculous, big things for God. And it was like a refresher of just my prayer life. And it's not always um, the pretty on my knees, Instagrammable aerial shot of my journal and a pen and a flower. It's not that. It's the constant before I open my mouth, before I say yes, before I say no, it's this checking in like, God, is this what you're saying? And and I keep moving, but it's this constant permission for him to interrupt. Because sometimes That's I'm in mid-conversation or mid-about to agree to something, and he'll go, mm-mm. And I go, uh, you know, let me think about that. You know, so it's not always the big revelation, right. but I'm trying to constantly give him access and permission to interrupt God this is, I'm going to do my best you know Proverbs 69 says a man makes his plan but the Lord orders his steps and mm-hmm. you have to do something because God not he doesn't order something you haven't done right yeah. you have to put something out there and God will rearrange it um, that constant prayer and I would say secondly provision and I don't mean necessarily the answer but every time something gets added to our, my plate, you know, okay, lead this team or go speak here or write this book. I'm like, okay, God, now, you know, this is new. Are you taking anything off my plate? And most of the time he's like, nope, you still got kids. Yeah. <laughs> They're still here. Right? You still have these other things. And I go, okay, you're not taking these things off. What's your provision? I need more provision because you've given me more assignment. And then there's people that will come and say, hey, we'd want to come and serve you in this way, you know, and I just think we don't ask that very often. We get the new thing and figure out, okay, now I got to figure out how to make this all work. And my constant challenge is, no, I don't. God has to make it work for me. Mm. And um, yeah, just the other night, I normally stay up late trying to prepare for Bible study. I teach Bible study twice a month at our church. And Monday night I was behind. I wasn't where I want to be to teach for Wednesday but I was tired and I was like, I could stay up, stare at my computer for two hours and go to sleep too late. And then I'm not going to get up in the morning to work out and then I'll be tired all day. And then I'm going to eat bad because I'm tired all day. <laughs> and then I'll be irritated. You know, it's just the whole thing. Yes, yes. Or I can go to bed and God, you need to give me something tomorrow. Cause this is for your people. I'm not, mm. this is for you. And then I woke up Tuesday and he's like, all right, here we go. And I was like, this thing works. I'm going to start doing this. Because I would have normally been like, you just have to do it. Just stay up, do the thing. And yeah, there's a release in saying God provides for his purpose. So the thing he's giving you to do, he gives you provision. And sometimes just rest. Go to bed. Good. Yeah. Let him let him figure it out while you're sleeping. Um, there's people he'll bring around your life, you know, to just say, I want to serve you. We want to do this for you. And go, okay. Oh, yeah, that's how I'm able to do the other things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't have it figured out, but no. prayer and looking for him to provide for the things that he's asked me to do. It's good. I think so often you just go, oh, my plate is so full. I just got to muscle through. You can't. It's not even possible. No. It's not possible. Well. Yeah. It's a village and it's a big village. Mm-hmm. It's a big village, you know, with our kids and people who help 
transportation, logistics, and right. um, with church, you know, um, hey, can you do this much prep? What is the thing that I do best? You know, my sweet spot, okay, I add this. So all the other stuff, somebody else does it better than me, you know, so mm-hmm. constantly looking for just God's provision to carry out what, what he's asked us to do. Mm-hmm. And usually when I find myself anxious, I'm trying to do too much. And God's like, you, mm-hmm. you, you are stressed because, A, you're doing more things than I asked you to do. Go to bed with the dishes in the sink. It's fine. Nobody's going to die, you know. Um, or you're trying to do it yourself. I'm either doing more things or I'm doing the things all by myself, <laughs> something. And usually I have to step back and go, okay, God, I need you to come in here and kind of fix it. He's like, I was waiting. <laughs> I have the answer. <laughs> Can you go back and see those yeses that you gave to God, yeses where you didn't know they were taking you, and then kind of be here today and go, how did I end up here? Uh, yeah. So That's a little bit about that. Yeah. So yeah. even like our teaching ministry at church, um, 10 years ago when we didn't have kids, it was cool to be like, yeah, we'll teach Bible study twice a month. And that lasted for a little while. And when the first kid came along, I was like, mm. This must be a reevaluation. And especially um, talking to other moms, we kind of have a way of kind of low key making you feel guilty if you're not pureeing your own baby's food and, you know, making their clothes out of organic spun cotton from Israel or something. You're just like, <laughs> I don't know. I just went to Target and got this thing, you know. Right, and you're like, yeah. dang it, I forgot to wash it actually before I put it on the baby. So whatever, Lord, just bless her skin. So I think I just had to wrestle with the things that were usually bringing the challenges were things that came from comparison or self-doubt. It wasn't because God was actually given a new direction. And so many times I wanted to take back my yes and he's like Mm-mm, nope because look look at what I'm doing here mm-hmm. weigh this against what makes you feel comfortable what everybody else is saying and it was hard it was very hard um but right when I would feel like this is it I can't do it he would give me some provision sometimes the provision wasn't the answer it was my husband being supportive mm-hmm. and he was he's the lead pastor and he'd be like no do it do the thing mm-hmm. don't worry about them and I go okay you know, or my parents or my friends, somebody saying, we got you. What do you need? Right. We will come do the dishes so right. you can do the studying or whatever. So, yes, there's been some yeses I've wanted to take back. But he, yeah, I try to ask him first before I take back stuff. And he kind of comes through I, every time. I think <laughs> a lot of that for women is just this, you know, battle in our minds, right? That's our yes. worst you know, we're our worst it enemy is. and our biggest obstacle sometimes. It is. So it's just keeping our minds renewed. In fact, you wrote a book called Captive Mind. I did. And just would love to hear a little bit more about kind of the thought behind that, that yes that you said to God and what he's done with that book and mm-hmm. kind of your passion behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even that, that kind of started out of a tragedy, actually. We had two friends of ours who were married and had moved away and we were concerned for them because they weren't in community and they were struggling and we kind of saw the decline of their marriage, but it was like spiritual crazy attack on their marriage. And one day we get a call that the wife had taken her husband's life and had taken her own life. No. So it was like a homicide suicide. And y'all, it was like, wait, this stuff happens in the news and on TV, you know, not to your friends. And I just couldn't sleep for several nights. And I was like, God, how do people who know you get to this point? You know, and um, that's when he gave me, the scripture in Corinthians about taking every thought captive. And he was like, Jada, 
even with the Holy Spirit, you've got crazy things in your head. And if you feed that, the flesh and the, your own voice, you will, in effect, silence the Holy Spirit. And so you end up doing things that make sense to you or feel good to you or whatever the case may be. And so I decided to dive into that scripture because I wanted it to be real and a real tool, a weapon, you know, against the things that come at us. I think for a lot of women, what we project is so different than what we're thinking on the inside. You know, we're smiling and we're like, gosh, okay, I don't look like that. That's not my life. And my kids aren't like that. I'm still single. My marriage is not like that. My career is not like that. We're just thinking of all the ways that life is not great sometimes and that we're not great. And so I wanted to write that book to, it, it was a Bible study series. All of my books come out of a teaching series. And so I taught it to the women um, at our church. It resonated with them. They felt like it was practical. And I think because it addressed the internal thinking, most of the time we address the behavior, you know, kind and do righteous things. But if your mind is not right, you know, that's why Romans 12 is like, you have to be renewed by the transforming of your mind, your mind, your mind, you know? So um, Philippians 2, you have this mind in Christ. Like it's a big deal, like what you think. And so that book kind of dives into that scripture and hopefully gives some practical things that you can use to get our thinking right. Mm -hmm. Can you share maybe one lesson on that topic that you personally learned through the book that you wrote with our listeners? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a scripture in the scripture. When Paul talks about taking thoughts captive, he says also we tear down every lofty idea or opinion of God. And so it's not just, oh, I see a bad thought. That's a lie. Okay, I got to capture it. It's not just that. It's Okay, what's behind the lie? Now I need to do the work to unpack, to tear down some lie that I believed about God. Because even a lie I believe about myself is ultimately a lie I believe about God. And so that for me was a big shift to go from, oh, don't think that. That's not a good thought to what is leading to that thought. You have to unpack that and do the work. Okay, Jada, so why do you always compare yourself in this particular area? Oh, okay, let's do the work. Okay, when you were younger, you remember that experience you had, that conversation, that comment? Okay, that led you down a path or these relationships or your boyfriends or whatever has led you down this path to kind of say, this is how I see life. So there's just more work to do, I think, than saying I'm not going to think that anymore because your mind is going to take whatever the pain is and repackage it in a new thought. You can't just start with a thought. You have to do the work to start to really tear down whatever thing you've built over time. Because Paul says they're like fortresses. Right. You know, if you think about how long it takes to build a fortress, you don't just go, oh, I'm going to read this scripture and have this devotional. It's going to be fixed. No, you have to like unpack it. Yes. And yes. it becomes a constant thing where you're like, these are my things, God. You know, this is my thing. So when this thing comes up, Make it plain. Show me that this is that thing so I don't skim past it yeah. because it's going to take a long-term effort to keep unpacking that and then countering that with truth. That was a shift for me because I think we like the moment of being fixed. And God's like, no, it's a path that got you here. It's going to be a path that gets you to healing. It's really good, Gina. It's really great. Yeah, so in the midst of all of those things God's showing you, what do you feel like for you personally you're learning about what it means to be well in your life, mm -hmm. not necessarily balanced, you know, not perfection, but just what, what lessons are you learning about how to be well in the life God's put in front of you? This sounds like a broken record, but yeah, <laughs> but prayer. I mean, 
and this sounds so cliche because like you love Jesus, you should pray all the time. <laughs> but <laughs> I realized, ceasing, right? yeah, but I realized the decline my prayer life had taken. Mm-hmm. I think I was praying more out of formality than necessity. Like this is a thing you do. You open in prayer, you have prayer with God. But the constant conversations that I'm over the, even the past week or so have shifted me and they have given me peace. I mean, it's not just the big things. It's the, my husband did something to upset me. Do I talk about that now? Lord, do I need to say that? When do I say that? Not now. He's like, no, not now. All right. Carry on with the evening. And I want to say it so bad. So hour pass. Now, Lord? He's like, nope, not now. <laughs> just be quiet. You sure, Lord? Because it's a really good point that I have. And um, I remember this night. It happened Monday night. And the kids went to bed. And I was like, you know, Lord, I really want to say this thing. And he's like, no, don't say it. And so I was like, oh. So I go put my son to bed. My son said something to me about this encounter that had happened that I was going to address. And he gave me some new information. He didn't know he was giving me new information. But I was like, oh, I didn't know that's what happened. <laughs> so the Lord was like, uh-huh, don't just. <laughs> and I didn't say anything. And I went to, I was about to go to bed, wash my face. And I just came out and I asked my husband this question casually about an interaction he'd had with my son. And when I asked him kind of casually, he was like, oh, Oh, no, I didn't know that's how he took it. No, thank you so much for telling me that. I'm going to think about that in the future. Y'all, I almost passed out because (laughs) my husband is type A. He doesn't go, thank you for that suggestion, like ever in life, ever. (laughs) And I I just was sitting there. I was walking back in a daze. Like, did that just happen? Like, I just brought up an issue. We talked about it in 45 seconds and it was done. (laughs) And the Lord was like, "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm, because the last eight times you went to bring it up, I told you no. And peace. So that wellness, that is forfeited when you do it your way. Because had I brought it up when I wanted to, would have been an argument, would have lingered. You know, it's just the whole thing that all you have to do is be like, God, win. Prayer, constant. And I was able to bring it up casually. I wasn't all upset about it like I was hours earlier. And with new information, it was just a whole thing. And the Lord was like, do you see how one small comment with the wrong emotion at the wrong time could have set the tone you know, for the next couple of days, you're irritated with your spouse or whatever. So that wellness for me is mostly coming from prayer and asking God all the time, what do I need to be doing here? What do I need to say today at Thrive? What do I need to say? I knew my talk, but that's different than going, but what do I really need to say? Yeah. Do I need to end this in prayer? Do I need to end this with a charge? I was just like, Lord, what do we need in the moment? And that is the peace. That's just like, all right. I asked God, so I hope this this goes well. Doing the will of God. Doing the will of God, moment by moment, in the the very small things. And I love that reminder, too, that prayer is just part of breathing almost. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're just Mm -hmm. praying around the clock because you're waiting on God. He's not answering. Mm -hmm. He's saying, not yet, not yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm always like, I'm so glad I listened to you. My plan would have really backfired. Would have been horrible. (laughs) We still have been arguing about some of Monday, yeah. Oh, my yeah. you have said some powerful things in this conversation. I can't mm-hmm. write fast enough on my <laughs> mind. But um, if listeners want to connect with some of the great things that you're doing and books that you've written, what would be the best way for them to find you? Um, well, you know, it's social media We're everywhere. So <laughs> I have an Instagram. I'm Jada underscore Edwards. And then I've got a influencer with the h-e-r at the end influence her also on instagram uh my website jadaedwards.com simple facebook jada edwards same <laughs> keep it simple yeah so uh books and all that stuff some on amazon some on the website oh youtube 
I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> so yeah, we're everywhere. That's, That's great. Great. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us Thank today. You so good to know you and thanks for all you're doing and keep writing and keep speaking. It's Thank you. really making a big difference. Yeah. Thanks for having Thank me. You, Jada. Thank you. Well, and for you listening, we hope that you've been encouraged by Jada as well. We'd be honored to have you like this episode, share it and comment on it and even subscribe to this brand new Thrive Women's Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Be well, my friend.